asked for that feedback as well. If you ever get to interviewing yeah. and do not get the job, never just walk away from the interview and say, oh, I actually didn't get the job. Ask why you didn't. I mean, it might be that actually at the day you were just unlucky because there was a candidate who was slightly stronger, but actually on another day you might have got it. But if, if they can tell you actually, well, you need to work on this or you need to work on that, then you're going to go into the next interview much stronger. Welcome to that interview experience with me, Ash Taylor, and your co-host, Helen Sanders. How are you, Helen? I'm awesome. How are you doing? Right. You're not cold this morning, Helen. No, I'm, it's, no, I'm not. I'm positively fine. Thank you so much. <laughs> I'm just checking in on your health and making sure you're not, you know. Do, I've got a scarf here just in case I get cold. So I'm, thank you for checking in on me. That's good. That's good. Um, we're joined today um, by, I still can't do that every time um we're joined joined by by yes it is by hannah illingworth hello hannah how are you thanks for joining I'm us good thank you thanks for having me cool brilliant so um this podcast is just about helping people young people especially getting set for the world of work and specifically that first interview experience so they're a little bit nervous they're a little bit shy um when you've you've done a lot of interviewing so do you want to just tell people your experience um, in terms of, you know, what is it you do now and what's your kind of background in terms of recruitment and um, that, that state of being involved on the other side of the desk? So just a little bit of background for people. Yeah, sure. So now I run High, High Virtual, so that's my business. Um, but that's quite a recent um, incarnation, shall we say? because I previously worked for over 20 years in the public sector. So I started my career at 17 when I worked in the Ministry of Defence um, and worked my way up um, as a commercial officer. So buying um, all sorts of different equipment and things for the tri-services, uh, RAF, Navy and Air Force, um, Army. I'd not forget that one, had I? When I'm remembering how. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> not the one I'm in or that my husband's in, it's probably the best. Um, and then I moved across to the NHS when my family relocated to Lancashire uh, and I did quite a long time in the NHS in a huge variety of different roles um, and at one point I had 40, 43 direct reporting staff that I frequently recruited for. Yeah, huge, too big, too big team. That's a headache, yeah, that in itself is a headache. <laughs> That's a lot of interviewing. That's a lot was, of interviewing. It, yeah, I was trying to work out this morning actually how many interviews I did and I, I it, it must be over three to four hundred just probably yeah did you enjoy every single one <laughs> no <laughs> say no more <laughs> I enjoyed a lot I do I actually I, I do enjoy interviewing I do because you meet such a variety of people um and because I've interviewed for various different levels as well you know obviously mm. the, the variety is, is even greater so yeah I do I do enjoy on the whole I do enjoy interviewing but it can get a bit tedious when you've done eight or nine in a day and then you've got the following day as well yeah <laughs> mm. so that's me yeah. cool excellent so what do you what do you if we, if we think specifically about young people I mean you, you must have had in, especially in the NHS people stepping out in or coming into the NHS for, as their first job hoping for their first job and they might be young, you know, maybe they've done a degree, maybe they're not, but you, you might have had the 
apprentice equivalents, that sort of stuff. So 16, 17, 18 year olds. What, what, are, you, what are you looking for in terms of a young person? What are you hoping that they're going to bring to the organisation? What we're looking for in young people is a bit, little bit different to what we're looking for in those that are experienced um, in work. Because obviously they're not going to have the life experience that somebody at 40 or 50 is going to have. They're not going to have had the variety of jobs that people will have had. Um, and it, so I want to see somebody, I want somebody that's confident, that is going to be able to hold their own in a team generally, because certainly when I've interviewed, it's generally been for large-ish teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see that they are able to use their initiative and the common sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and just because they've not been able to get the experience of the different jobs um, and that it doesn't mean to say that they haven't got any experience so I would actively encourage anybody who um, is looking to go into work to try and get some experience either as a volunteer or I'd like to see something that where they've taken the initiative and pushed themselves maybe out of their comfort zone that's going to show that they can one they can follow the rules because unfortunately with work there are always rules to follow mm-hmm. they've got mm-hmm. to be able to follow instructions they've got to be able to adapt to that sort of team environment and it is quite a, a challenge it's very different to being in school and, and college you know while I'm getting on a bit now I do remember that first job <laughs> and what it was like um but yeah I mean t- to me if, if somebody comes to me and they've done something like the cadet force or the Brilliant. scouts or they've volunteered in a charity shop or you know even if they haven't necessarily had a job in the traditional mm-hmm. sense just having that sort of variety will make them a lot more appealing to me as an employer than somebody who mm-hmm. has literally just sat in their bedroom on their xbox for the last three four years and the thing is with the nhs is in order to get to that interview with you in the first place you've probably not seen a cv from them you've probably seen an application form because the public That's service right. use application forms yeah. so is there an opportunity on there if i'm a 17 year old applying for my first job and I choose the NHS or the local authority, is there usually somewhere on there that you can go to as the potential interviewer to spot those bits and pieces that you, you want to find out? Because it's all very well saying, I did these GCSEs and I got these grades and I did this BTEC. But you're not really looking for that, are you? You're looking no. for all that other stuff. That's right. I, To be honest, even to get to interview in the public sector is exceptionally hard because generally we get a huge, I'm saying we get, I don't, not anymore, but previously, yeah. I mean, we, we, it wasn't unusual to get over 100 applicants for one job. Um, so obviously from a filtering point of view, that's a challenge um, as mm-hmm. an employer because you've got to filter quickly. You can't read every application carefully. So... Mm-hmm. Um, the way I used to filter was immediately was if somebody had not bothered to check not bothered to follow instructions so if it said for instance fill the application in in black pen and somebody would use blue they would automatically go because they can't follow an instruction which may mm-hmm. seem really harsh no nope. but when you're up against 100 other candidates who can follow the instructions there's got yeah. to be that line um so but then I'd be looking for the key words so there's always a job description, particularly for public sector, and there's always um, a person spec. And I'm scanning that application where people have given me examples of where they meet that criteria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if somebody has been um, a member of the, the Scouts, for instance, and has helped with young cubs and things like that, and they've had to have team skills or leadership skills, 
there are ways that you can write that into that application. All right, it might yeah. not have been a job, but you can still link it to the skills in that job. And that's what I would mm -hmm. look for. So, um, you know, and, and if people in the additional information, there's always a box at the, the end that says additional information, tell us why, you know, you want this position or you should have this position. That's the perfect box to put all that information into anything else right. that you've not been able to squeeze into the basic criteria there's always a bit of like what have you done previously you know what jobs have you had what's your education and then there's a big box at the end where you can add anything else in and do you do you and find so yourself, go on. i was gonna say do you find yourself you know when you're trawling through say trawling but i guess that's kind of what it is isn't it when you're mm. trawling through say 100 applicants or 90 90 applications for this one role do you find yourself being drawn to that last box first you know, yeah, is, that, I mean, is, that, is that a bit of a kind of shortcut to? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to be honest, I would scan very quickly because the public sector is quite strict on the educational requirements. Um, they, they are normally essential criteria. Whether I agree with that or not is a different matter, but it, it generally is. Um, so I would scan that just to make sure that I'm not wasting my time first and then very quickly go to that last box. Interestingly, in the public sector, you don't get you don't get their address and their name and the date of birth. None of that is sent to you as a recruit when you're recruiting. So we don't actually know how old anybody is. We you know we can make a good stab from when they've done their exams and that, but we know nothing about it. it. Is very much a blind process. And so, if you're interviewing eight people one day, eight people the next day for one job, so that's six, or maybe there's two similar jobs. So sixteen people, a hundred applications. I'm eighteen. I've applied. And I know that I hit all the essential marks. So I know that I'm going to get through that first stage where I really need to focus on the application is that extra information where let's say 40 people match the essentials. The only other differentiator is that personal stuff where I'm allowed to be me and give you that information. So I need to really focus on that and give you that information. Yeah, absolutely. And what I would actually do is if, if, I, if it was a job I absolutely definitely want, because unfortunately people do just apply for the sake of applying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And particularly because it's so easy in the public sector, you save the, the job description, you press send, send, send. Mm -hmm. Don't ever be tempted to do that. Always personalise that job description. Have the basics there, but make sure mm -hmm. that you change the individual paragraphs so it matches that specific job. Um, but ring, ring up generally before, ring up, you even you know, if there's no direct number on ring up the hospital ask for the switchboard and ask to speak to the department manager for that mm -hmm. job because then you can find out more information that you can again wind into your application and it shows that you've used your initiative yeah yeah, yeah. and it's, the nhs does often say if you'd like more information about this role please call hannah yeah. on yeah absolutely nearly always it will be on but if not you know there's it, there's always but a main reception yeah, yeah. Yeah, go and find it. There's yeah. always, um, and nobody will ever be annoyed if you've tried to ring them and their number's not on there. Nobody will ever get annoyed at that. They, you know, it's, it's, it makes you stand out above all the other hundreds of people that are applying. That's great advice. That's really good advice. Like yeah. So coming, coming to the actual interview then. So you've got through that process and this might not necessarily just be uh, the NHS, but you've got through the process, whether it's CV or application. They're then sitting there in that room in front of you, a little bit nervous, going for their first job. What are you looking for in the interview from that person? A bit of personality. Mm -hmm. It's hard. It, 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 don't get me wrong. Whenever anybody comes to interview, we always make allowances for the fact that people are going to be nervous. 
you know it's, mm-hmm. it's it's like doing your driving test or your anything isn't it you, you there's it you, you make silly blunders because you're so nervous and we, and we understand mm-hmm. that but I always found if you sit up on the edge of your tail and you sit up tall it makes you feel a lot more in control mm-hmm. um I want to see that they made an effort so if you turn up and you're sitting in your scruffy old trainers and your jeans with holes in for a position that's going to be representing our department so for instance mm. when I had the A&E receptionist they're the front line they're the very first mm. people that as a, a somebody that's poorly or a family comes in they're going to see they're representing that that department and that hospital so I want to see that this person can actually represent us in the positive light and if they're prepared to turn up for interview looking like a scruff they're not probably not going to be that bothered about how they represent the, the organization you, so you, I want don't to see that, to, you don't have to go and borrow borrow your dad's suit you just need to be smart. no just a pair of trousers and a nice top it doesn't have to be now that said and clean your shoes going, clean your clean shoes as well absolutely but yeah. then if i was going for a job in top shop i probably would wear something more trendy more funky yeah absolutely because it's a different job you know similarly yeah. it's it's all about reading the situation for, um, for the job that you're applying for but just to look so that you've made a bit of an effort um and then I would rather that somebody in an interview if somebody doesn't understand the question that's been posed to them say don't try and blunder your way through the question <laughs> thinking that that's better than saying actually I don't understand that question can you rephrase it because invariably you'll answer the question completely wrong it's not that you don't know it's just that it's maybe and it might be that the question's not been phrased properly in the first place it's, it doesn't reflect badly on you and actually that because that then transfers when you're employed if you're just going to blunder on all the time and do tasks that you've been set when you don't understand what you're doing that's far worse than putting your hand up and saying sorry I don't understand can you just run that through again so we can try and get a better understanding of it and know what I'm doing so if they're prepared to ask in the interview that will generally give me a good idea of of how they're going to be actually in the doesn't always work but generally in the actual work situation Mm -hmm. but when somebody when somebody's never had any work experience I'm, I'm also looking to see how they might be in the team and even when they have got work experience you know at the end of the day you're coming into nine times out of ten you'll be coming into a team that's already established Mm-hmm. So I'm looking for personalities and how they might fit in with your existing personalities and you know if they're if if you've got somebody who's very set in their ideas and isn't prepared to spend that 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 doesn't necessarily reflect very well um, and they're not necessarily going to settle very well into an existing team so it's just looking for the little nuances and things that they do that would show me of whether they would actually fit in and, and how much work it's going to be to because obviously at the end of the day it's we've still got to function when we have somebody new we've still got to be able to deliver on what we're doing mm-hmm. so it's um yeah just just confidence and willingness to learn and all all the little things that will show me that I, I don't necessarily want the finished article I don't want necessarily want somebody who can do every aspect of the job perfectly I want somebody that I can develop and um is willing to adjust and fit into that environment that's a really good point so if I'm 16 17 18 leaving school going to my first interview you do not need to be perfect because you can't possibly be in fact none of us are we are all still learning how to do what we do we are you know we're all still learning things every week of our lives 
So don't worry if you go to the interview and you don't have an answer to a question or you don't understand the question. It's okay. You don't have to tick every box. You just need to be you and have that emotional connection with you if you're interviewing, you know? So, Absolutely. yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, remember, it's remembering this is the start of your career. Yes. The, 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 mm-hmm. the decisions you make today, whether you choose to take this job or not, is not one that necessarily has to define you for the rest of your life. And, and it's, mm. it's ev- everything you do at 16, 17 is about gaining experience. And so if you focus on making decisions for the immediate future rather than making decisions for what your life might be like in 40 years time. Yes. It, it changes yeah. the dynamic and changes the pressure, I think. Yeah, the data shows that people who are 16, 17, 18 over the last decade um, will probably change jobs and industries four times before they're 30. Yeah, and, and we, we've been, I mean, four times, I think it's going to be, that's a database. It's probably going to be more. It's going to be more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. we, we've, been, we've been bringing in speakers to um, uh, Beckingsford School where, where I'm uh, an enterprise advisor. And we've had about 15 speakers in over the last 12 weeks, 10 weeks. The one common theme we've seen all the way through is not one of them is doing a job or a role now that they that they started off doing or expected yep. to be doing. They're all doing something. None of us are. None. None of us are. How but, can you know at 16, 17 what you want to do for the rest of your life? Unless yeah. you've got, a, I mean, my daughter wants to be a doctor, as, as Ash knows. Um, that yes you can understand because it's more of a vocation whereas mm. for but then again she'll probably still change specialties and yeah you know. exactly but, but i think i mean i i left school at seven left college at 17 did a year of college had enough didn't want to go to uni or anything worked in a bookshop for a year um then got the job applied for the job in the mod got the job in the mod i didn't apply for a job specific i applied for a grade so i became an admin officer in the mod um, and got put into the commercial cell, so as a buyer. Um, I did that for, for a few years, then I moved to the NHS, and then I changed career several times with the path within, within the NHS, all transferable skills, but different, different jobs. But, but that's the key bit there, isn't it? Whatever job you have now is just creating and adding to a set of skills you can take for the, the role that you wish. Yeah. That, that, that's a really key point. So, um, coming back to the, to the interview bit what what's your favorite interview question to ask oh god that's a tough one um i have a couple actually so probably my, the one that is probably easiest to answer is, is tell me the time that you failed nice. because yeah but i it's not i don't want to see because they failed i want to see that they've failed but then realized that failure isn't a bad thing yeah so I want to see that how they've taken that failure and then moved on from it and used it to help them shape how they continued going forwards um Mm -hmm. I think the best question I've ever been asked was what advice would I give to um, my last employer (laughs) (laughs) oh my word that's yeah. so good. and it was a bit of a loaded question because the person knew my it was it was an internal move and the person knew now. my last employer <laughs> and my last employer was quite um a tyrant bit of a bully but I actually got on really well with her so it, it was okay <laughs> I like that and 
I love the fact that Helen's writing that down. <laughs> <She's> <laughs> use that I'm one. always learning. Yes, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but, but that's the point. You see, you know, Helen is an incredibly experienced recruiter. She's, and that's what her business does. And yet, mm. she met someone today. Okay, you've met before, but in this conversation, she she takes. She's got a new tool that she can yeah. use. And, and it, th this is the point: is that if you Look at that interview as the end game. You are going to struggle. You need to look at it as an yeah. opportunity to um, build your skill set and your experience set for future scenarios. And not getting a job is never the end of the world because there are always more jobs. There are more jobs available right now than there are people looking. Yeah, so correct. You can always do something. Yeah. And the more, the more you kind of go, right, okay, I didn't get that. But what did I learn? Where did I improve? What can I take to the next interview? The the stronger you will be, and the more confident you will be, and the better able you will be. Um, and ask ask for that feedback as well. If you ever get to interviewing yeah. and do not get the job, never just walk away from the interview and say, "Oh, I actually get the job." Ask why you didn't. I mean, it might be that actually, at another day you were just unlucky because there was a candidate who was slightly stronger. But actually, on another day you might have got it. But if if they can tell you actually well you need to work on this or you need to work on that then you're going to go into the next interview much stronger yeah if you work on it so and also the person that you ask the feedback from if they give you that feedback they're going to remember you for that yes and you never know when your paths are going to cross again yeah it shows absolutely. a level of maturity to, to take that feedback yeah yeah and to take yeah to take it on board and actually work on it as well yeah um that you're not going to be closed so coming back to the question we asked about what's your favorite interview question you know that, that you've asked and the one the one about failure what what was your favorite answer that you had mm. <laughs> i don't think he quite got the question hey <laughs> um and he it still makes me laugh now oh, no. And I, I, so he was applying for a job as a payroll clerk, um, and I and I asked him what you know, give us an example of some some time you failed, um, and he went on to this really long. I can't even remember what the substance of the um, actual answer was. And then I said, okay, so how did you take that forward? And he said, I asked my mum to help, <laughs> and that was it. <laughs> So I said, so if, if things are not going very well, for instance, you know, something's happened on the payroll and we've, you've made a mistake and things, obviously very, payroll, very emotive subject. It's what we all work for, isn't it? What, what would you do? I'd ask my mum to help. <laughs> so if I could give any advice, never say in an interview, I'd ask my mum to help. You Did won't get, get the job. No. <laughs> no, he didn't. Oh, yeah, I asked my mum to help. I, I do that. often wonder what you happens know, to I him. do actually like... Yeah, I like his honesty, and I also like the fact that he respects that his mum might be able to help. Yeah, as a mum myself, <laughs> I quite like that. But you're right; there will be other answers that are probably better in yeah. answer to that question. Did work of, tell me how you failed and how did you, what would you do if you had that situation again? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. His mum was mom. in the hospital, yeah. but she wasn't. Um, she, she oh, was hilarious! That's even funnier. Oh my <laughs> Okay. Hilarious. Yeah, very funny. It did, did make us chuckle. But then, then that's when you, you start to do the silent shoulder shaking, isn't it, in the interview? You, you can't look at the person you're interviewing with no. because you just know it'll... <laughs> you're, you're gone, aren't you? You're just... Yeah. 
yeah I've had a few of those oh, <laughs> oh that's fantastic Anna thank <laughs> you thank you thank you thank you so much for coming in today and thank you to us and sharing your experiences some real little um bits of flecks of gold in there I think for people listening if they can yeah take that on board I think there's some very very useful information Thank you for sharing your time. And if they don't take it on board, Ash, they can ask their mum. That's it. 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 We we have the the answer to everything now. Ask mum. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks, Hannah. Thank Thank you. you, Hannah.